uh, Andrew and Randy, our song team, have helped me out tremendously. Just give them a hand as well. They make, the, they make us look good up here, but it, my name is Mike Shaughnessy. I'm not a pastor, not an elder, a home group leader, and I've been coming here for several years, and I've known Ed since the day he prayed with me in a parking lot, and I thought, you know, I'm looking around going, what is he doing here in this parking lot on 160 South River Road? And um, it's been a few years since we did that and when I gave my life to Christ. And here we are together by the grace of God, by the, by the power of God. It's, it's him. It's, it's Jesus Christ. I do want to pray um, for two specific people. Uh, I forgot, forgot this morning, but Robin Croto, uh, Dawn's in, Dawn and Robin are our home group. She's, uh, she's been brought to the hospital a number of times. She just stops breathing. And so we need for her to be uh, up to speed so she, her breathing is, is corrected, so, you know, that her husband doesn't have to call 911 when she stops breathing. So we'll lift her up, along with Jerry St. Jean, who just had a procedure. He runs the food ministry here, the food pantry ministry. And many of us are in that ministry, and he's quite a leader. So we need him to be uh, full strength. And so if you would, we're just going to pray for them. Father, in the name of Jesus, for Robin and Dawn, her husband, Lord, for new strength and vitality in her heart and her breathing, Lord, and whatever it is that's causing her blood pressure to go up or down and her sugar, Lord, you're the, you're the God of, of, all, of all might and healing, Lord. By your stripes, she is healed. And for Brother Jerry and, and Annie, Lord, we pray that you would just do a new work in his heart, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, so he'll be, he'll be at full strength as well. We need him. We just ask you to touch them. Anyone else here that's sick today will be uh, asking that the Lord just do a special work in your life in the name of Jesus. Amen. It is a privilege to be, uh, to be speaking here and to just bring you God's word. Um, it's also an honor, and it's also a great responsibility. Anyone who preaches or anyone who teaches God's word in the home group, when you have people that are doing that, but the pastors certainly do that on a regular basis and make sure that the people who are speaking here um, are speaking the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, there are churches around uh, who call themselves churches that are not walking with Jesus Christ, that don't believe the gospel, don't believe the cross. And in Paul's writing in Philippians 3, he talks about the fact that they're enemies of the cross. And what that means is they don't think that you need to repent of your sin. They, they, don't, they don't believe in Jesus. They don't believe in the blood of, of the Lamb. They don't believe um, what we believe here in this church. And thank God, and when you see the pastors and the elders, uh, Steve, one of the elders, Steve uh, uh, Hamas and his wife, and Pastor Ed and Barbara, and Pastor Greg, obviously, and, and Meg Vaccaro, make sure you stop by and say, we're praying for you. You know, we love you. We need you at full strength because they get hit harder than anybody. You know, the captain and savior of our soul, Jesus Christ, he is our high priest now who lives to make intercession for us. And he's able to bring to save to the uttermost those who come to God through Jesus Christ. He's our, our high priest. And so we have, we have men and women that, that are leaders in the body of Christ that are following Jesus. And there's a price to be paid for that. But I just want to say thank you, Ed, and thank you all our pastors, and thank you for the leaders that are walking the walk, that they're preaching the gospel. And thank God yourself for being in, in a sheepfold 
you know, one, sh- one flock, many sheepfolds, Jesus said, but a sheepfold that preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So this morning, we're going to start off uh, on the study, and we're going to ask you to stand as we read Philippians 3. Paul the Apostle wrote this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit while he's in jail, and uh, we're going we're gonna to say it together. It's going to be up on the screen. And remember, faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes by the Word of God. This is the Word of God. We didn't write this. He did. But he said it's for the church. It's for us as we had communion this morning. Our hearts are pure. Our hearts are open before him. So let's go ahead and uh, we'll start. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things, count them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus had made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way, and if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Brothers, Join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the examples you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and their glory is their shame, with minds set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. You may be seated. As I said this morning, a pastor that I know, that I've learned a lot from, always starts off by saying, you know, I can think of no better place to be on a Sunday morning than with the people of God in the house of God around the word of God. And really, that's so true for me to be around God's people and speaking the word of God, not, not just talking about politics or business or just family matters, because 
in Christ Jesus is the solution and the answer and the prescription to every problem you and I have. Would you say amen to that? Amen. He is. And it's in his word. Um, I'll take the first, first item. In the outline, I do want to bring up the point that there's three, three basically main points in this, uh, in this chapter. And one is that he can show you his credentials, his pedigree. He can show you where he comes from. He, you know, he went to the University of Jerusalem. Uh, he's got three to four degrees. Uh, his father and his grandfather and his great-grandfather, you know, they're all, they're all in line. They're all Hebrews. Uh, and, and, you know, you talk about my zealousness. You know, I'm persecuting the church. You know, I'm, I'm throwing them in jail and some were killed. Um, you know, I'm doing all this sort of stuff. I'll, you can look at me and look at all the ribbons I have and look at all the awards I have from the Jerusalem Council. And I have the high priest. Um, uh, I have his will to be able to go and throw people into jail. So, and he lists it. We just read it. We, he lists all those things. He says, I have all those things. And he said, more than anyone else, he's the top dog. He's the alpha dog. This guy here is going to go out and nail Christians. And I have every right to do so based upon um, who I am in myself, in the law. I know the law more than, than anyone else. But let me ask you a question before you go to the second point. Who here would, would, when you go out in the street or you're talking to someone, are you sure that you're going to heaven? I have one yes, okay. The rest of you, I'll ask you again. Are you sure you're going to heaven? Okay. Why? Dave, if I asked you and you're talking to somebody else that maybe not be a believer, how can you be sure you're going to heaven? What makes you sure that God accepts you? Well, isn't that the truth? It was, well, I mean, that's, that's basically it. It's in Jesus Christ, the right standing we need before God, who's perfect. By the way, let, let me just touch on that for a minute. He's perfect. You and I have never seen perfection. We really never have seen perfection. God is perfect. You can't have, you know, did you ever, um, how about house cleaning, you, you, you ladies? You know, you clean the house or, or you tell your husband to clean the house. And then you come back and you put on the white gloves and, uh, honey, did you clean the house? Oh, yeah, I did. She puts on the white gloves and, what's that? You know, what's this? Did you clean the toilet bowl? Did you do this? Did you do that? Did, well, I didn't, you know, and, and you get a, a poor mark. God is so perfect that there's nothing about you that is perfect in yourself or in the world because of the corruption that happened because of the introduction of sin into the world. We and everything about us, the whole universe has been corrupted. This is not the way it's going to be. This is the way it is now. But to live in this planet in this way and to be accepted before God and for you to say to someone else, I know God and I'm going to heaven. That's a very arrogant statement to many, many people. But I can say the same thing, Dave. Because I know the one who cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Dad, Daddy, why have you given, placed all the sin upon myself? Why have you done this? So that through that willing sacrifice, 
that he could take your sin and my sin upon himself. The sin of who you are, the obstinacy, the rebelliousness, the very nature of who you are, he took upon himself. He became sin for us who knew no sin that we might become the righteousness or in right standing with God through him. Your right standing with God comes through Jesus Christ, not based on your performance. That's why in the right standing with God, we, we, we jettison, we reject everything that's of ourself in terms of you owning it. You own nothing here. We are sojourners. We are trustees of what God has given to us while we're here. So that our right standing comes from a gift God gave to you through Jesus Christ. It's a reception, a receiving. We stand in line to receive what God has given to us. Freely have we received, freely give. So our right standing is with God and God alone. So Paul, Paul talks about the fact that all that was gained to me is caught. He uses the word refuse. I mean, that's what you throw in the outhouse. I mean, that's what he's talking about. It's refuse. He's talking about rubbish, garbage. And, and it's so bad when you compare your own righteousness, your own comparison. If you compared yourself with me, Jerry, you say, well, I'm better than him in this, 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 and this. And you probably would be right. But you can't compare you to me or anybody else and stand before God and say, well, I'm better than Angel or I'm better than so-and-so. No, you can't do that. You're going to stand before God and he's going to say, okay, why should, I, why should I accept you? Why should I do that? It's because of Jesus Christ. Because of the, the, the Lamb of God that was slain before the foundations of the earth. So your right standing comes and he says, you've got to throw that all away. Some of us in this, in this room are holding on to some of your awards, your successes, your marks in school, your family, your, uh, it could be, um, your health. Whatever it is that you focus on as to being your, that you own, that very thing can be like a rope around your neck until the Lord comes by the Spirit of God and convicts you and removes that. Because you have nothing of your own that you can stand before God and say, you have to accept me because of this. Here's my credentials. You have no access code. Everybody knows what an access code is. You don't have an access code to get into your computer or if you forget it, as like I have recently. I don't care what I try to do. I don't care how mad I get. I don't care how jumping up and down I get. I don't care. You cannot get into that laptop. You, and if you think that's tough, try getting into, into the presence of God on your own. You can't do it. You can't do it. Let's go to the next one. People want right standing with God. So in our society today, if they don't come through Christ, what do they do? They reject God. Well, I don't need God. So now I'm in right standing with myself based upon what I think of myself and a few of my friends. That, that's the way people do it today. And that's the wrong mindset. You have to have the right mindset, the right viewpoint. Your standard has to be perfection. If you're not perfect, you don't get into God's presence. That goes for everybody in this room, every, every, every pastor, every person, the Pope and the Catholic Church, whoever it is. If you are not perfect, you do not get in God's presence. He doesn't even hear your prayers as you bring them to him. 
well, then how can we be holy? Because he says, be holy as I'm holy. And holy is absolutely perfect. Perfect, perfect in God's viewpoint. Well, how can you do that? Only through Christ. Listen, he was given over for your offenses. He went to the cross for you, Laura. For you personally. Not just your husbands. You know, husband and wives have all these, they know each other's ins and outs. But he went to the cross for you personally. This is a personal God. He's not at a distance. Beth Midler used to sing a song, at a distance. God is at a distance. He's not at a distance. He's right here with you. He's God with us. He's Emmanuel. And the right mindset is that he died for you personally. He was given up and it was brought to the cross in eternity past the Godhead, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit agreed together before in eternity that he would come and be the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. The sin of the world is really what? Unbelief in Jesus. Unbelief that we've all fallen apart. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. In Romans it says, for God condemned sin in the flesh. Any sin that would try and hide itself in my being, the Holy Spirit comes and reveals things, not to show me that I'm condemned, but that sin is condemned. That behavior, that mindset, that's condemned. I need to come to God through Jesus Christ as my high priest, and he kills it. Now, I may continue to do something that's wrong, but when I come to God and I repent and I confess it, I'm asking him to deliver me from this thing. It's already been forgiven. It's already been dealt with. But I may fall a thousand times, and I have. And what Paul's saying, listen, not that I've attained all that, not that I've obtained it all. I haven't attained it yet. But this one thing I do. This one thing I do, forgetting that which is behind and reaching for that which is ahead, I press toward the mark for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Listen, stop looking at your failures and your victories and your pedigree and the things that you kind of cuddle up with that we all have something in our lives that we may go back to a time in our life when things were going well or this worked out or whatever versus other times when we could be looking at things that are, are dragging us down, taking the oxygen out of our spiritual life. And this is where the Holy Spirit comes in and he comes in with other people to help us to come out of something by faith in Jesus Christ. Remember, the faith that he gives us is a gift, but it has to be placed someplace. Not in my circumstances, not in my, myself. It's got to go from the selfie generation to the God generation. I have to go from myself to God, and I only can do that through Jesus Christ. And so Paul gives us an example of what, what, what your experience would be. What should your exercise be on a daily, if not a momentary basis? You've got you to change your mind, being transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. 
This is the power of God we're talking about. This is not some self-help program. This is in anything that you do. Remember, God's giving you the power to be able to even be here this morning. To go to heaven, you need power beyond yourself. To have relationship with God, you need power behind, um, beyond yourself. And you need right examples of how have people done that. When we look in, in Scripture, we see all these people. You know, the more I study the Scripture, other than Jesus Christ, I've not seen one person in the Scripture that didn't screw it up. One. Now, I, I, I keep looking for one person. Even the great kings and chronicles, you know, some guy was a godly king for all these years, but at the end, his pride got to him, and God said, no, I'm going to take you down. And at the end, maybe they repented. Listen, it's the humility of Christ that wins the day. In other words, I of myself can do nothing. Nothing of consequence that's going to get me to where God wants me to be. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit says the Lord of hosts, you will succeed though you are few and weak. It's his word in your life. You were made, if you're born again of the Spirit of God, you were made for victory. You were made for heaven. You're being transformed on a day-to-day basis. Even though your circumstances, your situation, even the temptations that you go to or even fall to, you can't look at those things. You can confess, as Pastor Red said, you can confess if you confess your sin, that's going to him. You don't necessarily have to tell everybody. Thank God for a God who covers me and covers my, that covers my sin with his blood. But that doesn't mean I can't go to Ed or uh, my wife or uh, people that I know or people in my home group or maybe in my family that I, I, I may go and confess something or say I'm sorry for something or whatever it might be. Because it's, sin is condemned. I can't carry around something that's going to choke out the life that God has placed in me, and that's the Spirit of God who's come to live in me. We want, um, so the question is, do I, want, you know, do I want to walk this way? Well, what examples has he given to us? All the people in the Scriptures and people that are living with you right now that are, as your pastors, home group leaders, elders, uh, and others that you may even see that, you know, that are writing good books, that are, that are believers following Jesus Christ. Those are the examples that are bringing you closer to him. Go to the fourth. There are wrong examples. You can pick out many wrong examples today in the lifestyle, and Pastor Ed kind of brought that up, is that people are living their own lives not focused upon what God says through Jesus Christ. They're focused upon what the culture is telling them is okay. And that includes all our morality. How you handle your money. What do you do when you die? The whole society we live in. Remember, it said this world is controlled by Satan himself. I didn't say that. Jesus did. There's more written about Satan in the New Testament, and if you look at it, you realize he's a real being. And I have, I have no ability to stand against that liar unless I know the truth. And the truth is Jesus Christ. Because it says in the last days in, in uh, Thessalonians, I think it's 2 Thessalonians, could be 1. It says in the last days, God's going to send a delusion. 
Well, I can remember when I was in college, I was deluded. And even when I come out of college, people that are on, people that are buying into philosophies, Eastern philosophies, Eastern religions, this, that, or the other thing, or even under the guise of Christianity, that you can live this way. You know, God's not going to, there's no place like hell, there's none of this. If you're not perfect, you're not, you're not going to have any relationship with God. And it only comes through Jesus Christ. But he sends a, a delusion in the last days. And by the way, it says in Hebrews that in these last days, in the former times, Theophilus, God spoke by prophets and holy men of God. But in these last days, and I believe the last days began when Jesus Christ started walking on the earth. We've been a 2,000-year parentheses in time that he's been walking. For what reason? To call a people out for his own name. People just like you and me that don't deserve it. We're, you know, he gave the Jewish people the laws and everything else, but they couldn't live by it. And it says, so he made another covenant. What we went through this morning, through the blood and the, the body and blood of Jesus Christ, the little act that we did isn't nothing, but behind it is everything. Your salvation, your hope, your confidence comes from Jesus Christ. And as we, as we look to him, we have a future, and he's still, he's still bringing people into the church at the, in these last days. But there are enemies against this, um, as Paul writes. There are enemies of the cross. You don't need that stuff. That's all mumbo-jumbo. You don't need this. You better, you know, all you have is good, all you need is good karma or a good drug or a good house or good this or good that as if your car is going to save you or your house or where you live or, or you're, uh, we're focused on education. We're focused, and, and I'm all for that. But when you become a trustee, when you think you, you, when you think, excuse me, if you think you own any of those things and you can stand before God and show him your credentials, like, like a police officer, that's nothing. You can't show him your wallet and show him how much money you made. That goes no place. God's going God's to bring those people that identify with his son, Jesus Christ. And he came to bring many brethren men and women in a, in a world that doesn't know male from female. God does. God knows that. And we respect one another. We respect you for what you are. And none of us, and as Pastor Ed alluded to, the whole human race is screwed up. Everybody in the church, there's nobody here that has it all together. That's why we forgive. That's why we cover each other. That's why we embrace one another. That's why... You can't look at anything and, and promote yourself. There's nothing about you that can save another person. But what can save another person is the fact that in your life, there's a fragrance, there's a perfume that people know that comes through the pores of your spiritual life that can reach somebody else. Because I'll tell you, and I said this this morning, if you smoke a couple of cigars or two packs of cigarettes and a couple of shots of whiskey, two or three whiskeys, before you come to church every Sunday, without ever telling anybody. Do you think most people would know you drink and smoke? Come on. You think they, can you hide those things? Can you hide that? Comes right, how about if you eat a whole bunch of garlic and it'll come walking in and say, hi, how are you? It blow everybody backwards, right? It's the same thing with Jesus. With Jesus in your life, the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't know how many people here are, are, are not baptized in the Holy Ghost, 
But if you're not, this is your day. This is your day to drop everything. This is the way to get rid of everything. This is the day to get rid of all the stuff that's hanging around your neck. It's also a day to get rid of your awards. All of who you think you are, everything that you're resting on your right standing before God has nothing to do with the victories that you claim for yourself. You are a trustee only. And a trustee's responsibility is to handle accordingly, like an ambassador. It's what's been given to you to handle for somebody else. You're a trustee of God's word. The people up here that preach, the pastors, they're trustees of God's word. Their authority comes from God. And that's where yours comes from. What's in your life, the spirit of God in your life, is now permeating the society in which you live. And people know that you're a believer by the way you live your life, the humility of your life, the forgiveness of your life, the heart of your life. And when you give to others, when you reach out and you're an example to others of selfless giving, that's what makes the difference in people's lives. And who's the example that, that, who's the example that you follow? It's Jesus, the apostles, the prophets. And all those that have gone before that repented and saw that their inadequacy in themselves couldn't get them into God's presence. Listen, if there ever was a time to come close to God, it's now. But you've got to get rid of things. You've got to clean house, and you've got to allow the Spirit of God to do that. And you can't be prideful about getting on your knees before anybody. Before I get, this is about God. Some pastor said to me recently, he said, well, my friend, this other pastor, you know, he has a son that's living a, a, a lifestyle that he wants to marry somebody of the same sex. And so the church says, well, you can't do that. And so the pastor looked at me and said, what do you think the pastor did? What the pastor did was, between the church and his son, he chose his son and he married two men. Let me tell you something. Jesus said, if your eye causes you to sin, you better cut it out. If your arm causes you to sin, cut it out. Whatever it is. And you can't do that by a surgical, a surgical instrument. You do it because he uses the word uh, that we are the circumcision of Christ. The natural circumcision was a, a, a natural thing. They were the people of God. And they were supposed to act accordingly, but they couldn't do it. So God had to send Jesus, and the Holy Spirit has circumcised those believers' hearts where I have no confidence. You have no confidence in the flesh. Your confidence doesn't come from the flesh. Your physical achievements or your failures, your confidence comes from Jesus Christ. All confidence, all glory, all honor, all power is his, and he's given it to us. We receive it daily, even on a momentary basis. We have to understand that we have no, we walk on water on a daily basis, on the water of the corruption of this society. We're going home. Our home is not here. We are travelers. We're citizens of heaven. And that's what Paul's saying, forgetting those things which are behind, even the things this morning, be it good or bad. The fact is, you're going on. Your focus is heaven. Your focus is going home and bringing as many people with you as, as God will allow. Isn't that true? We're going to play that video now just to emphasize what we've been talking about, and we're going to wrap up in a minute. But remember, 
This is your day. Whatever, whatever's been in your life, this is the day there's all sorts of people around to lay hands upon you, touch you. When I was going in for surgery, I had a doctor who put his hand, just put his hand on me. I knew the doctor. He's a good friend of mine. And he just touched me, and it just brought calm to my life. Listen, you're a Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. His Spirit's here to touch you. Whatever you're going through, he knows it. And so at the end, I'm going to ask you to come up and be touched by somebody else, by the Spirit of God's moving here this morning. There was quite a few that came up. Because he sees what's going on in your heart. You can't go forward to that if you've got something, something dragging you back. Make it count, leave a mark, build a name for yourself. Dream your dreams, chase your heart above all else. Make a name the world remembers. But all an empty world can sell is empty dreams. I got lost in the light, but it was up to me to make a name the world remembers. Jesus is the only name to remember.
How about you? How about me? What do you want to leave when it's all done? What do you, what do you want to leave? Do you want to leave something that's going to really impact your family, the world? It's Jesus Christ. You know, we're all part of a family. If you've been born again, we're in the family of God. He's the Father. And Jesus came to bring many brethren. Brethren, brothers and sisters. He wants many brothers and sisters. But in, the, in so doing... That film or that little video, I just happened to tell my brother and his wife about uh, the teaching about Philippians on the third, and they said, third chapter, and they said, we have a video for you. So I looked at it, and I said, it fits perfectly with what, what the Lord's trying to say in the book of Philippians through Paul. In other words, the Holy Spirit in us, you can't look at us physically. But the Spirit of God is the same one who raised Jesus from the dead. Today, before you leave here, I'm going to close the service in a minute. Just come up here. Other people, like that doctor, can just lay hands on you. You don't have to tell them anything. But that covering, that embrace, brings you closer together to him and let go of those things. In a perverted way, by the way, the devil will make you think that all those things that you did, whatever kind of bugs you at night, whatever kind of bugs you, you know, it doesn't seem you can get rid of, but when you turn to Jesus, in a perverted way, Satan has made awards and has made trophies out of our very mistakes and our very sin, hasn't he? Because we hasn't got rid of them. They're still there on the mantle of our hearts and our minds. The only way is through Jesus Christ, and as we come today, as we come, we're going to dismiss the service. Please just be respectful of those who come forward. Just come forward. It's your time. You can't live with a thing around your neck and, and confess it to Jesus. Confess it and ask the Father, repent if you have to do that. But if there's something else that you're leaning on for your right standing with God going forward, that has to be jettisoned. So, Father, I just thank you as, as we come forward. Lord Jesus, that you would touch people's hearts today. Thank you, Lord God, for doing it for me, doing it for Pastor Ed, doing it for so many of us here. But Lord, I know that there's people here today that you're tugging at their hearts. time for them to be released and delivered. And so, Father, bring us all forward together in the name of Jesus, and you can start with me. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>